0: Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I am not your host, David Bellery. Well, I am David Bellery. But today, Kevin Hayes is hosting as he speaks with Derek Robinson, owner of MASH Media. Enjoy the conversation.
1: So, Derek, who are you, and what
0: do you do? Well, thanks for having me, Kevin, and uh, great to be here. I'm Derek Robinson. I own and operate MASH Media, which is a company where we use the internet, help grow businesses. We do hyper-targeted ads, and we find leads for companies. Uh, We try to find as many leads as until they basically say, there's too many coming in. (laughs) That's kind of our goal, and we know that digital is kind of the secret to growth nowadays. There's no question about that. And we just want to help businesses understand the power that's available to them, and that the internet is a miracle, and they got to start taking advantage.
1: So it seems to me that... The ease of use to advertise on Facebook and through Google AdWords and to do search engine marketing, it seems like every business should be online and probably is online or should understand the power of online advertising. What's your experience in how small or medium-sized businesses use online advertising?
0: Most of the time, they're not using it, oh, and they have no idea what's going on. That's that's my honest... uh, perception of, of how I see businesses. Uh, some of them are are decent with it. They kind of get what's going on uh, with, with the infrastructure. But a lot of them, they, they have a website, they maybe have a Facebook page, but all they're really doing is producing a little bit of content. They'll get, you know, 5 to 15 likes on their Facebook page and they keep trying to make content go viral. And I honestly say I think that's having a business strategy based on trying to win the lottery. It, it doesn't work. Um, trying to just constantly make content go viral you know maybe you get the odd thing once in a while but it's viral for a reason and it's it's stuff that doesn't happen very often it's it's incredibly unique and uh and facebook nowadays they don't hand out organic reach like they used to it, they don't just kind of give the platform to you as it's it's becoming more pay-to-play all the time just the way the algorithm's changing and the growth of it because it's, everyone's on facebook nowadays and so um, you know, I talk about Facebook because it's the biggest, but um, businesses don't understand that there's so much value to advertising and it's still not very expensive.
1: What do you think the reason is that uh, businesses aren't leveraging such a, a medium like digital?
0: I think it's just confusing, to be honest. Like, I, I'm in the industry. I, I've done this for the last six and a half years. You know, my my background is uh, I've worked for the premier. Uh, premier Brad Wall um, went through two provincial licenses elections with them and they went pretty well. And we, d- we did some really interesting things there. And we started off with, with Brad wall, not knowing anything really about social media. And I remember it just used to be a staffer kind of sending tweets on his behalf and they were very boring. And eventually one day we kind of said, Hey, you should, you know, st- start trying some of this stuff is actually in the, the 2011 election where I, I, I talked to him and I said, um, Brad, we got, we got to start doing stuff here. Like let's try some neat things. Let's try some, some jokes, some humor. And we, we did all sorts of Fun stuff online. We were making jokes, and um, we we uh, we, we uh, did this thing called the uh, the NDP uh, spendometer, and so it was like a thermometer that kind of showed um, how much the the DP was racking up in their um, in their campaign promises, and it eventually exploded throughout the campaign and, and lots of different things. And, and then we did jokes about um, different food that he likes, and so one thing he always talks about is that he's a Mennonite, which I am as well, and he loves this uh, food called raukuchen. And it's basically just deep-fried bread, and you eat it with watermelon. And it's actually a meal. It doesn't make any sense. But he talks about it all the time, and (laughs) and he loves Waylon Jennings. And, you know, we've done so many things that have gone viral. And we eventually end up consistently reaching about 6 to 10 million people a month just on his Facebook page, organically, without any ads. Wow. And so uh, that was, you know, pretty phenomenal. And we eventually switched our communication strategy. Actually, the entire government switched its communication strategy to be almost digital first. And it's because we became our own media company. The, the government actually had a channel now through Brad Wall's social media account that was basically as good as a TV channel. It was mm-hmm. as good as the six o'clock news because if he announced something on there, we would actually be able to build off of it and it, w- it would actually attract traditional media attention. Mm-hmm. So it, it became quite this interesting platform where it was digital first. Like if you saw his retirement video, he announced his retirement, through a Facebook video mm. that I helped record. And, and, so, and then all the, all the media outlets picked up his, um, his video. And typically you would you, know, you would do a media release and you do a scrum and that sort of thing. We just did a Facebook video because why not talk directly to the people? And that's what he said to businesses now. It's like, talk directly to people. Uh, but the problem is they're not Brad Wall. They don't have a giant platform all the time. Maybe some brands do, but most small businesses, small, medium-sized businesses, they don't have that sort of platform to build off of. So you have to find a different way to do it. The easiest way is create amazing advertising with amazing offers that are so irresistible for people that they want to give you their information, that they want to buy your product online because they will. They're on there. They will buy. People buy things on the internet all the time, but you got to reach them in just the right way.
1: Lots of really juicy, meaty uh, points you made there. Uh, One being is that you are your own media team now and your company is your own uh, press department. And um, we've talked offline a little bit about um, uh, what digital means to politics and you don't hear anything in the news about Trump uh, that doesn't uh, uh, proceed. Uh, Trump tweeted today, blah, blah, blah. Everything is about... (laughs) Uh, Trump communicates first by tweet and then other ways elsewhere. Um, but you make a good point about content. And when you're talking about um, you started putting out content and the Spend DP and um, you and Bradwall um, work together to put out more content to help reach more people. Uh, you take a look at a small or medium or large size business and that is one of the biggest challenges I would think that they have is now they go from... Uh, being a marketing and communications firm to a content factory, which is a completely different role in an organization, how would a business even go about figuring out how to do content if they've never done it before? How do they make that overwhelming task reasonable and digestible and easy to do? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, there's two strategies I see here. One is if you've never done content before, so we're talking – Facebook posts, tweets, Instagram, maybe doing Snapchat, maybe doing Pinterest. I don't know what I don't know what you're doing, but my, my thing with that is pick one or two platforms—the one you're most comfortable with. Facebook obviously is the the easiest one; it's got the most people on it. Instagram's probably your, your second best bet because there's just so much going on there nowadays, and Facebook owns it. Um, use those two and just start doing stuff. It it doesn't have to be polished. It doesn't have to be amazing. Social media is great that way, where you don't have to have everything you know, be this lovely commercial that gets created and it costs you $200,000 to make. It could be simply something on your cell phone sharing. Um, if you're a landscaping company, you can just do a little selfie video being like, Hey, we just, we just did this yard. It was great. This is what it looked like before and, or just before and after pictures, but even, you know, a video, this is what we did. And you know, this person had a great experience and just wanted to share that with you. You know, that that's a little piece of content or you just talk about how you do a job. It's kind of a how to kind of a thing, or you do blog posts, um, just you got you just got to start doing stuff. Mm. Um, it it's don't try to get too strategic about it at the start. The great thing about social is that you'll know right away if people like it or they hate it. And then, with you know traditional advertising, you don't know all the time. You you might get some kind of feedback down the road somewhere, but with social, you know right away if people like it or they don't. Uh, but the second strategy and the one I'm finding works better for companies nowadays is that they don't actually, they're not really fully immersed in the content game. And I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that. If you listen to guys like Gary Vaynerchuk or whoever else, they just say, you know, pump out content, is like pump out 30 pieces of content a day. Well, businesses, they don't have time for that. So unless you're hiring that out, then, then that's, that's fine. You could hire that out. But generally, I would just say, do enough content until you can build some advertising and find yourself three to five ads that work really, really well for you and do a daily budget of ad spend on those ads that you find that work after doing some testing and just run with those. And that's, that's what I've done for the companies that I work with. We usually design a bunch of different ads, blog posts, videos, whatever else. And then you find that oh, maybe only three of them actually work. Only three of them actually convert people or they get attention. And then just put all your ad dollars behind those three things and just run them until they stop working. And then once they stop working, you create some new stuff. And there's, you know, it's, it's an art and a science to doing that. But those are kind of the two strategies I can see businesses doing depending on their their size and scope and that type of thing.
1: Yeah, I really like that. Um, uh, just start doing activity and showing up is
0: three quarters of the battle when it comes to digital. Yeah. And some some companies haven't even shown up yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, don't, they don't have any sort of presence. And so you have to have something to start with at least, right? So
1: if you're an organization of... Five, ten, or even a 100 people, um, how would you start to think about content and what you should produce? So what I mean is, um, if you have a whole bunch of services, and maybe you have, you know, a sales team that says, oh, we want to do videos like this. And then you have um, an HR team that says, oh, we want to do videos like this. And then somebody else that says, oh, we want to do a blog like this. Uh, what should be Uh, a starting point of content and how
0: should you look at evaluating what kind of content you should make? I've always said, when we did this in politics, you have to, when you produce a piece of content, think about you sharing this with all your friends and family. And would you actually want to do that? If you don't, then it's probably not very good. So if you're not, if you're not proud to like that post after or comment or tag somebody, then don't do it. Um, There'll be cases when you know, it's just not your cup of tea, but it's somebody else's cup of tea. So so that's fine. But that's kind of the starting point. And then what what I always try to think of it is companies, when they advertise online or they're producing content online, it's all about them. Take the focus off yourself and think about how you can serve your audience. That's the biggest thing I would say is how can I make this content useful for people? So if you're a home builder of some sort um, or a landscaper, I used that example earlier – talk about how what you need to think about when you're landscaping your yard or when you're wanting to do a new kitchen. So it's like, uh, you know, top 10 things to think about. I love top 10s. People love that kind of stuff, right? So make content useful for people. So they actually want to click on it. They don't want to click on your thing about how you're the best. I don't care if you're the best. What can you do for me? It's like everything in our world now is very selfish. It's very, you know, me motivated. You know, you got your iPhone and your iPad and your I everything. Um, so play into that. You know that's that's part of our society, part of our culture. What's in it for me? And so if you're not producing content that's going to be useful to me, it's either, you know, handy cuz uh, I'm learning something or it's inspirational or it's just really unique and interesting. That's the stuff I like I want to share and I want to click on. I don't want to click on your advertisement, right. but I will click on your advertisement. This is the other half of it. I'll click on your advertisement if it's a really cool offer that I'm interested in. So for um I've seen people do this before with uh, like a dentist company. Or like a dental um, clinic, or like a massage clinic, they'll actually offer like you know a free cleaning. It's like just free, free cleaning, um, or a massage. It's like you get a free massage first. Two hundred people that do this get a free massage. Now that, that sounds kind of crazy, right? Um, but those are called lost leaders for a business. And once you once you do that, people will click on that, and then you can upsell them from there. And so you have to, if you're going to do that, you got to have a way to upsell somebody after but it's, it's genius to do that type of thing. Like this dental company, um, I just heard kind of a case study. They offered all these free cleanings, um, but what ended up happening after was during the cleanings, well, they found people that had cavities and they mm-hmm. needed root canals and all that kind of stuff that comes with it, right? And so they all the money that it cost them to advertise and to offer the free cleanings, they more than made up for by doing root canals and, and, every, and cavities and all that sort of stuff. Because like one root canal is like, was like two thousand bucks, fifteen hundred bucks, something like that. So that's like one service, and that pays for like you know a bunch of your freebies, and you get a bunch of sweet advertising, and you have now a base of clients that'll come back later because you gave them something free. So I it's it, I think of it like um, like Groupon. Everyone uses Groupon, right? That's like the you know, classic email marketing type thing that's out there. But you can actually become your own Groupon. So why don't you go on Facebook? Or on Instagram and offer some really unique thing that's that's just really cheap for people. If you're a spa or something like that, offer a really cheap spa package for Mother's Day. Do it around you know, some celebrations and different things on the calendar. You're gonna have people click on that. And if you run ads behind it, you'll they're cheap. You know, for a few hundred bucks you can reach thousands and thousands of people, tens of thousands maybe, and a portion of those people will convert if it's set up properly. And so businesses just don't know that. They gotta they gotta do this stuff.
1: Yeah, I find that, um, you know, one of the key pieces to content marketing right now and putting out any content is give away stuff that you would charge for traditionally. And uh, so if you do a search for social media strategies, for example, there's a million frameworks out there. Uh, There's a million research reports out there that 10 or 15 years ago, you'd have to pay 10 or 20,000 bucks to access. And there's Uh, a huge uh, amount of success in offering stuff uh, that is of real value. Facebook has their lead gen tool and I've used that uh, in numerous different campaigns and uh, the lead gen tool in Facebook is essentially, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, but for anybody that isn't, In Facebook, you can gather email addresses in exchange for some piece of content without leaving the Facebook experience. And that tool has returned so huge with the right offer, it doesn't matter if you're B2B or B2C, um, uh, that uh, it's almost a part of every campaign that we do, no matter what industry, no matter what audience. Uh, But the second thing, when you're talking about your audience, um, and I just want to share this piece around Um, putting your audience first. We did, um, when I was with another agency, uh, a piece of work for an oil and gas company. And what we did is we had the CEO of this oil and gas company answer questions from Canadians uh, about the oil and gas industry and the pipeline industry specifically. So we went out on Facebook and we put, we asked the audience, what do you want to know about this industry, and we got oh, how do you contribute to communities? Oh, how do you prevent leaks? Oh, uh, environment, this like just a whole bunch of legitimate questions. We we then took those questions and put the CEO in front of a camera, and he answered them directly. Mm-hmm. And those, uh, and then we put those out on Facebook as two or three minute videos. The completion rate on a three minute video, if I was to tell you that it was eighty percent, you'd probably think I'm lying, um, but When you put the audience first and uh, really put their needs, in this case it was answering direct questions from Canadians about oil and gas, um, tremendous things happen. Rarely do I hear people say you should do a video longer than 30 seconds. But with the content's right, uh, you can put whatever content you want out there. The audience will engage with it.
0: Um, That's actually a really good example of finding out what your audience wants and then give it to them. Yeah. So I I think that's, that's genius because it's like, well, a lot of the times, like when I start with a company, I don't know, it, it takes a while to figure out what your audience is actually going to respond to. And that's, that's why I'm talking about the testing part of it, where you, you have to throw stuff out there, just start producing content. You throw stuff out there and it's like, okay, people aren't responding to that for whatever reason. I don't even, you don't even know why sometimes, because it's just, it's psychology of people, right? Or yeah. just a very small portion. But then all of a sudden you, you hit on something and it's like, that's what your audience wanted. Yeah. And then once you know that, then you can start building from there. Cause you're like, oh, okay, they like that like that particular thing and then boom then you can then your brain can start you know being all creative with that but you did it that's a great idea is just ask people ask the audience hey what do you what do you want to know and we'll and we'll tell you yeah <laughs> well and then you put um, money behind
1: uh, putting posts out on Facebook to say hey what do you want to know and then you yeah. make the video and put money behind that and that's a that's a one way to use um, uh, paid media to to create content smart yeah. um, so Tell me how this all plays into lead generation and what does lead generation actually mean?
0: Yeah. Lead generation could be different depending on uh, what business you're talking to. I I think for me, it's either an email address or it's a name and a phone number or it's them actually purchasing a product online. Basically you want the opportunity to uh, make a sale or it is the sale. So for, for example, uh, you know, like a like a solar panel company, something like that. Well, you want someone to go online and request a free estimate. You know, I work for a company like that, and it, it works incredibly well. People are interested in solar, so they want to know how much it costs and how what the system is going to like look like for their house. So, I work with a company, and we generate like about seventy leads a week for them. You know, upwards of one hundred forty some weeks just through a variety of blog posts and um, different advertisements running and. Just saying, hey, do you want a free estimate? You're giving something free, and that is valuable. Not all industries are going to work that way, where it's like, oh, you know, a, a free estimate. Some people just they won't care about it. But solar's hot right now, so people are going to jump on that. They want to know. So, um, but for other companies, it's it's you know, I want to actually sell my widget online, and so and that's a whole different process. You have to. So there's a formula to all these things. So depending on who you are, it's there's there's this science to it that if you, there's a psychology of people that works in every industry and you know, this is being an ad guy. It's, it's like you word things a certain way and you make things intriguing enough. There's going to be people that'll jump on it. It's the same thing with this. If you word things a certain way and you package it and you have the right kind of what we call lead pages uh, or lead magnets magnets and different things there, um, people will convert. And so whatever you're doing, there's the science to it. And then you have to have someone creative that's going to produce a piece of content that's attractive enough that you can run ads behind and that they're actually going to want to look at. Because um, the, the one thing I've, I've said for years, and especially in politics, too, is that the world of advertising right now is just so noisy. It's just crazy. And if you, if you actually look at a picture of New York City today, or like Times Square um, today versus like the 1950s, you'll be shocked. There's like you can actually count the advertisements on one hand in Times Square in the 1950s. Now you can't count them. There's there's actually too many, but that's what everyone's dealing with. And social media used to be even easier because there was less stuff going on. Like Google AdWords used to be so cheap. Facebook marketing is still cheap, but it's getting a little bit more expensive. So it's just, it's so noisy out there nowadays. And and to get something through on Facebook is so much harder because Facebook's clamping down on that. They want to not have content from businesses. They want you know, your friends and their, their baby pictures and their cat videos or whatever else they're producing, they want you to see that. So you have to make sure you're extra creative in all your content. So it's like, it's, it's almost shocking, or it's like you're going to get this amazing access or this secret or this deal is so, that's what I was talking about at the story. Your offer, or your deal has to be so irresistible. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, free dental work. Wow, that's, that's usually really expensive, right? Or 50% off this thing that, you know, typically, you know, a spa or something would never ever do. Mm-hmm. So you have to do something that's going to attract attention. And then once you get a customer, then hopefully if you do a good job, they're going to be your customer for a long time or they're going to buy more stuff from you. So even if you have to you know, not take a hit on your first kind of service or product that you provide, or even if it's just revenue neutral, that's fine because you should have a, a marketing funnel after that that upsells them to a bunch of different things. So
1: what if um, – so we've been talking about lead gen mostly about um, with retail businesses that have some kind of product to offer that um, giving away content uh, or using content to um, deliver offers like free teeth cleaning or 50% off spa services or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about if your business doesn't have that offer? So for example, in politics, what you're Mm -hmm. selling is ideas. Um, What is the difference, if any, between, um, kind of that consumer retail play versus a B2B selling ideas or policies right. or or
0: thoughts play. Well, yeah, then then I guess you're talking more branding and brand awareness, which social media is obviously fantastic for that in digital. So yeah, some companies aren't going to have a specific service or product to, to provide. But yeah, in, in politics, we still ch- try to capture people's information. Po- uh, political parties do this all the time if you're not aware, that something called IDing which is short for identifying your voters. So political parties try to do this. This is why they come to your door and door knock is because they're looking to figure out if that house supports them. And if that house supports them, then they're going to try to find your your phone number, your email, and they're going to harass you to get out and vote. And that's part of the get out the vote portion of campaigns. Um, But they also want your email and phone number to send you email, fundraising asks, and also remind you of how awesome the leader is and how awesome the party is. And so when I talk about lead generation um, for, for, pol- for politics or politicians, you still want people's information because you can do so much with it nowadays, right? So email marketing is still an incredibly powerful thing. People kind of like forgot. It It seems like today they're like, oh, email marketing doesn't work anymore. It still works great. Um, it takes a lot of work. But once you have someone's email, the other thing that you know, people don't really know and businesses don't understand... I know businesses that have thousands and thousands of client emails or customer emails that they've had, you know, for years they've been collecting them. You can actually plug all those emails into Facebook and you can create what's called a lookalike audience. So Facebook will take those emails, they'll ma- and you know this, Kevin, very well, but you, you, they'll take the email and they'll match it with a Facebook profile and they'll actually create an audience that looks like all of your previous customers for a lot of businesses, they're like, oh my goodness, that, that's the most amazing thing I've ever heard before in my life. Yeah. And it is, you can do that through Google too, same thing. So you have you know, a thousand emails, some companies have like 20,000 emails. They have an easy, like basically their audience gets created for them. Their targeting is super easy. And as long as they have a decent offer and a decent ad, they're going to find new customers. Mm-hmm. So if you want to grow, wow, that is just an amazing way to do it. But I think a lot of the time we're talking about this, like you know, we, we're talking the same language. Like, we, we get what we're talking about. But I go talk to a business owner about this, and they're like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> like, you know, you're ta- you must be talking... You we like magic. Yeah, it's, it's magic. And I honestly think sometimes, like, if we go back, like, 60 years um, before the internet and before all this kind of existed, marketers then would be like the powers that you have now are like almost demonic. Like (laughs) you have too much power. And in some ways that's what Mark Zuckerberg was talking to in front of Congress. It's like, you got too much power over us. Like, you know too much about everybody in the country, in the nation and the world. Right. And in some ways it's true. But if you're a business and you're a marketer, first of all, every business, if you're not marketing, you're probably not growing. So if you're a business, you should be marketing and you have to understand that there's power here. So much power. You just got to learn how to yield to yield it, wield it, yeah, wield it, wield, it, wield it, the yeah. power. You can yeah. have you can have a giant sword, but if you don't know how to wield it, yeah, that's right. But it is it's a giant sword, and it's it's so you know it can work so well for businesses.
1: Yeah, um, I want to just jump into a little bit of the technical piece for uh, of of lead funnel building and. Yeah. Um, uh, for This might be a little bit advanced, um, but can you explain how a business, let's say there's a, a young marketing buck who's working at uh, a company, has access to Google Analytics, and uh, maybe they've set up um, goal tracking uh, through for lead forms. Um, mm-hmm. What are some fundamentals of trying to set up a funnel um, in order to help increase conversions? Right. Where would you start?
0: Well, I would start by thinking of it like this, um, is that – you have a number of different audiences. You have what's the first audience is called a cold audience. So it's like these are people that know nothing about you. They've never seen your logo before. Maybe they know like a tiny, tiny little bit about you. They might know your name from something. But basically they don't know anything about it. They don't trust you. So people don't buy from people they don't trust. They don't use services from people they don't trust. You have to, you have to warm them up somehow. So if you, if you have some cold traffic, the first thing I try to do is you have to warm them up. And so you give them a bunch of pieces of content that, again, like I said at the start, are useful to them. That's going to make people trust your brand more and make, make them feel good about you. Oh, these people are valuable to me and obviously they're good people because they're giving me information. That's kind of the the play with it, honestly. It's all you're doing. And so that would be kind of the first step is you gotta warm those people up. And then once those people are warm, um, they're probably warm because they they clicked on a piece of your content. So this is where it kind of gets technical, but if someone clicks on your website and you have what's called the Facebook pixel set up or you have the Google remarketing tag set up or something similar to that, all of a sudden they get caught. They're caught in your marketing net, in your marketing funnel, if you will, and then you can retarget ads to them on Google or Facebook or Instagram. Um, the other thing I'll just know quickly is that Instagram is connected, the, 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 the ads platform is connected. To, to with Facebook so because Facebook bought Instagram and th- that's why I love Facebook and Instagram because it's it's together it's their giant audiences people are addicted to the service it's great so anyways but once you have them as kind of warm traffic then you can retarget them with those specific offers and they're going to convert way higher because they already trust you a bit and you know that they trust you because they're either engaging with your Facebook page and you can retarget people that have watched a certain portion of your videos you can retarget people that have gone to one specific website Um, or one specific page on your website, like the, the options there are kind of endless and they're actually overwhelming is that's, that's what I'm finding anyways, as I'm doing this work, I'm like, wow, I want to do all of this, but you can only do so much and you have to be very careful of of how you're picking it. Um, and then once, so when you're doing all this retargeting, you'll eventually find people that convert and those people are your hot traffic. And so you can also, once someone's already converted, you'll have all their information. You can create a lookalike audience based on them, like I was mentioning before. And you can say, hey, come back for another massage or another um, project for home or whatever it happens to be, right? Mm-hmm. So that, I like to think of it like that. You have, cold, you have a cold audience, you have a warm one, um, and then you have a hot one. So if, if you, all you have is a cold audience, if you're not a well-established brand or business or whatever, first step, you got to warm some people up. People got to get to know you. And so I'll give them some useful content, stuff they're going to like to share and tag their friends on and all that type of thing. Um, the, one, the one thing I found interesting with working with companies now and, and out of politics. In, in politics, you know, you just get anger on Facebook posts and tweets and different things. Um, with, with companies, you, you still can get a little, little bit of that sometimes. But a lot of times, the, the best type of engagement that I like is when someone else tags somebody else in the post below, I love that. One, it's great for the Facebook algorithm. It's, it's kind of like a sign to Facebook that that content's interesting. And it's basically like a personal recommendation from somebody. It's word of mouth advertising through digital. And as any business will tell you, word of mouth is the best kind. And so that it's essentially like word of mouth advertising. So I love when people do that. A share is great too, obviously. Um, but there's something about that tag that I've noticed those people, as I kind of look in the back end, they seem like they're, they're higher converting and it uh, seems to work out pretty well.
1: Yeah, uh, I as well value that a lot. Um, That means your content is relatable. Um, They're bringing somebody else into the fold uh, to understand your brand. Uh, There's just tons of positive things about that. Um, So in the lead generation business that you're in, which is essentially your performance is based on, uh, in broad strokes, somebody coming to a website – from some channel, either paid or organic or social uh, email, mm-hmm. and then they convert on the website as some kind of lead. Yeah. Uh, given that is what the essence of lead generation is, is that that hard conversion, um, how does engagement play into that? Mm-hmm. So you mean engagement on the… So, uh, social engagement, social like engagement. Oh, comments yeah. or shares. Well, and-
0: there, there's something um, that in, in the business they like to call social proof. So, if you have a Facebook post that has, you know, a thousand likes and 400 shares and a bunch of comments, people tagging each other, it's like all of a sudden, like you have this herd mentality that people just do, oh, it's got to be good because there's a bunch of people liking and sharing it, right? So, that's called social proof. And you'll find the the big thing with internet marketers, what they kind of say is, if, uh, on a Facebook post, if you end up um, like switching a bunch of stuff on your Facebook post while it's running, you can actually end up losing all your comments and shares and likes and stuff and marketers hate that because that's their social proof. Those are the ads that convert better because there's a bunch of people and they might even know a lot of the people that are that are you know liking it. The cool thing about Facebook too is that um, Facebook will automatically show you your friend's activity with that post. So if you see like all of a sudden 10 of your friends are like liking this and it's, you know, it's about whatever it's like, Oh, well, that's gotta be good. My friends are liking it. So again, it's kind of like word of mouth advertising again, because it's like, Oh, my friend down the street has this too, this, this product. And they obviously like this. So I, I like, I'm aware of this when I'm on social because I've studied it. Um, but people, they just, it's just, it's natural psychology. And I like, I'm aware of it and I, and I still do it. When I see an advertisement online and I see ten of my friends liked it, I'm like, "Oh, maybe I should yeah. look at that too." You know, that's right. And yeah, it's it just it's just natural, I and mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But you, so that's why your content has to be interesting enough, and your offer has to be good because otherwise, no one's going to like it or share it or, or care to tell anybody about it, right?
1: So. Yeah, exactly. You see some of your friends liking a post and you like it, or you see some of your friends that you think aren't funny liking a post and you're like, yeah. I'm not going to check that son of a gun out
0: yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah i I always hate that actually when i when i post personally sometimes it's like if you you can get a few of your key friends going with it it's just like it's gonna go huge among your friend group and then if not it'll just like die and you're like oh wow that wasn't a very (laughs) good joke that i made online (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah totally
1: uh Cool, man. Um, Derek, we could chat for a long time uh, about this, um, uh, but maybe I'll wrap up with this question, which is uh, if you had one piece of advice for a business that is trying to uh, get into the lead generation game, what would that one piece of advice be?
0: Start trying stuff. What I don't even care what it is. Um, start trying um, stuff on social, specifically some ads, and and just trying to put some some offers out there. Um, typically businesses, unless they've done some of this work before, they're going to have a really, really hard time with that. So, you know, that's where somebody like me comes along and and we help you with that. Uh, Um, but on your own, you know, start learning. Um, actually the, the one piece of advice I like is look what other companies are doing. Really check it out. So when you're when you're scrolling through your Facebook feed, actually take notice of the ads and what people are trying to do, and then just emulate that. I got so many of my good ideas by just looking at other people's ads. And the other cool thing, and, and you know this is really welcome, but most people probably don't, is that you can go to your competitor's Facebook page or some other um, brand or company's Facebook page, and you can scroll down to the left-hand side of it, and there's a button that says ads. And you can actually look at all of the ads that that company's running. And so you can just go to other leaders in your industry and you can just look at all their ads and be like, okay, well, I'm going to create one that looks like that. Mm. And I do that sometimes too when I'm working for clients. I'm like, let's go, who's the best person in this industry? Like it could be, they could be New Zealand for all. Like, I don't, you know, it doesn't matter, but go take a look at their ads and see what they're doing because obviously they're doing something right. So look at exactly what they're doing and you know, you, you're kind of copying it, which is fine. But that, that's what you do in business sometimes. You look at what other people are doing really well, and you emulate it and make it your own for your own brand.
1: That's great advice. Uh, get started. Start making content. There's a whole bunch of uh, tools out there that uh, allow you to do content. You don't have to bring in Steven Spielberg to make no. a video, uh, your iPhone. and um, sure does. Yeah, low-cost software uh, even apps you can download on your phone can help you get a video at the door mm-hmm. I do like that also that look at other companies I find that um, a TripAdvisor if you're looking to do well many things but one of the things I like to watch TripAdvisor for is SEO stuff and if you start watching how they craft their headlines um, and the words they use in their title tags—best uh, or top or whatnot—they uh, secret, to, yeah, that the yeah, secret spot for whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, they, uh, I find a lot of inspiration in uh, keeping my eye on TripAdvisor. Uh, Derek, that's great. How do people get a hold of you?
0: Mashmedia.ca is probably the easiest place to go. Um, so and my offer on there and I'm actually working on a, a different offer I'm, I'm fairly new to this this game as you know myself and um, just word of mouth has gotten me enough advertising but I well I'm going to be ramping up here and um, my offer right now is book a free strategy session so I'll do a half an hour uh, with you for free and you know that's That's not easy for me to do because I have to, you know, it takes me probably a few hours to research a company and do different things in preparation of a strategy session. But I know people get a ton of value out of that. And so you can book an online um, strategy session there. But eventually um, what I want to do for an offer is um, you give someone um, a low cost offer for for free or something Uh, that's kind of unique. And um, I've seen other people do things like um, they'll get you on Google business and get you a few reviews and they'll charge you 20 bucks for that. And that's something that I'm probably going to be looking at in the future. Uh, but right now I have a lot of clients that want a lot of things done. So, um, But I, I can definitely squeak in some strategy sessions for people.
1: Great. Uh, uh, Derek, you and I have chatted before. You're uh, super smart and uh, obviously have done amazing work uh, with our former premier and are doing amazing pieces of work with uh, small businesses here right in Saskatchewan. So uh, thanks for coming on the podcast today Jeff to Thanks so much for having me, Appreciate it. Cool.